the Surgeon General has determined that consuming the silent sales machine radio podcast could render the listener certifiably unemployable. Please proceed with extreme caution. And now here's your host, probably recording this in shorts and a t-shirt, Jim Cockrum. Welcome to the next episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum. And hey, if you didn't know it, you can find out everything you need to know about this show at silentjim.com. That's me, Jim, and I'm your host, like I said. And just jump on any internet-connected device and check out our website sometime so you can see other episodes besides this one, show notes and links to the things that we talk about on the show. We've made it real useful for you there, so thanks to the crew who's helping make that possible. Hey, let's jump into some good content. I recorded a phone call recently and then asked permission to use that phone call as an episode of the podcast. So what you're about to hear is 100% unedited, me on the phone with a client, just helping advise them on their business, talking about how to use the internet creatively as a money-making and business-growing, as a world-impacting tool that we all know it can be. That's what I love doing. I'm passionate about it. So I think you're going to pick up several great ideas today. Let me tell you a little bit about the guy I spent some time on the phone. It was actually Chris and his dad. They started selling on eBay several years ago, and it their business grew. Now, they had a very specialty niche, which we'll get into, but I think the lessons that we apply to their business apply to just about anyone else's. Now, this is actually one of the stories that we talk about in the 101 Free Marketing book. If you don't have a copy of that yet, if you go to 101freemarketing.com, again, that's another link that we'll put in the show notes, but you can go check that book out. So, Chris, I talk a little bit about him and how he started buying really old cars and fixing them up and making a lot of money flipping them on eBay. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, Jim, I'm not a mechanic. This show doesn't apply to me. No, no, no. Stay right where you are. Trust me, give me about half an hour. You're going to have multiple aha moments, including one of the most successful people who have ever come through our community who went from being virtually unknown and never heard of to a name that you've probably heard. Actually, this guy had a commercial in the last Super Bowl. If you want to cheat ahead or see the full story of the other guy I'm going to be talking about a little bit on this call, his name is Mike Brown, and you can go to pickmikebrown.com to see his story, how he went from unknown to household name in a very short amount of time and the exact strategy that we used to make that happen. That's an exciting story that you'll hear about. A couple of the things we're going to hit on today, the number one asset that any business can ever have. That's right. I'm going to reveal it to you. The number one asset that any business can ever have. And also the number one best use of social media. That's right. Social media does actually have a purpose besides watching cats with laser beams coming out of their eyes playing a piano. That's actually the number two most useful purpose of social media. For those of you who weren't aware, no, I'm just kidding. There is actually a very cool use for social media as a business growth tool. We've identified it and I can prove it. We're going to talk about it on today's podcast. So one other thing I want to point out to you before we jump into the recorded phone call is the use of surveys. Be listening for my tips on how to use surveys. It doesn't matter what business you are in. You should be growing an audience and you should be using surveys to find out what your audience wants from you. I'm going to give you some powerful tips that will save you a ton of money. This stuff should go in a course that we charge money for, but it won't. Today, it's completely free for you. So get ready to jump on the phone call with me live here in just a moment. Well, it's not actually live. I actually recorded it, but it'll feel live, okay? But here's what I need you to do. Keep this in mind. I'll remind you again at the end of the show. If you like this podcast, you must vote yes to saying, Jim, I want more of these. And there's only one way to vote yes. Don't send me an email. Don't send me a text message. Don't get on Facebook and say how much you like it. Although I appreciate all of those things, the only way you can actually vote yes is to go to iTunes, even if you've never used it before, download it, it's free, find Silent Sales Machine Radio, and leave us a great review there. Five stars only, please. 
Now, let's jump into the call with Chris Palmer and find out how he grew a tiny business on eBay into an internationally recognized brand that has customers beating down his door, including his most interesting customer, Jerry Seinfeld. How cool is that? Yes, the Jerry Seinfeld is actually a customer of these guys. They built a custom car for that guy. Let's hear the story and jump into the content. I'll talk to you more after the call. So get me up to speed, man. The last thing I heard was you guys had just built a custom bug for the Jerry Seinfeld because yeah. because your business had taken off. He found you on YouTube. And every time I kind of hear from you guys, it's it's bigger and better and new, exciting things. But we haven't caught up in a while. So, you know, fill me in a little bit. What's been going on? And we'll, we'll kick around some ideas. Uh, still busy, still growing, um, busier than ever. I feel though I, I put in a lot of hours now. I mean, we're finally out of show season. So where I can kind of calm down my weekends can be freed up now because there's no more shows on the weekends due to the you know winter coming. For the most part, I mean, I'm here still six, sometimes seven days a week. We're in the middle of probably 12 to 16 projects, something like that. And when you say uh, project, you're talking about, you know, a custom bug. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, well, you know, part of them, half of them are maybe like cars that are, that are our own that we restore and then turn around and sell or they're customer cars. Gotcha. Uh, that we build from the ground up. Like we just had a guy send us a car, a 65 Beetle that's been, that he learned to drive on uh, from Connecticut. He shipped it to us and got an assessment and, uh, you know, he's, he's probably 45, 50 grand. It's going to cost him to have the car restored because he wants a complete museum showpiece body off rotisserie restoration. So we're about, a, but I did tell him though, we are at least a two to two and a half year wait list. So they got to wait until their car is completed. Here's the thing I'm hearing so far, just just in what you've said so far, some observations. You guys are working your butts off. Yep. You are at the center of everything that happens with your business. And the question I would have for you is, how else are you making money from all of this? How else have you monetized this besides, for lack of a better term, flipping the cars one at a time? I don't know what you guys call it, you know, processing, moving them through. I mean, you put a lot of pride. Obviously, I mean, if we're talking museum quality pieces when you're done, in some cases, you guys put a lot of time, effort, and energy. And it's kind of like you guys are almost artists from my vantage point, right? Yeah. Like you, an artist can't say, hey, guys, I'm going to teach all 50 of you today how to paint art just like me so we can crank out faster paintings. You know, it, right. Right. <laughs> right. An artist can't do that. Da Vinci couldn't do that. I mean, you guys right. are kind of the Da Vinci of this niche, and I get that. But there's got to be some other thing. What else, what else are you guys kicking around before I launch into brainstorm mode? You know, what do you guys, where would you guys like to be? I'm sure you don't want to work seven days a week. No. And I've been, I've been saying that to my dad for a while now. I feel like, you know, I mean, we're growing every year we're growing. It's, it's a slow growth, but I mean, thankfully I've never lost any money on any bug that I've ever done, but you know, again, it's still cranking out hours. So I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. I'm trying to utilize the internet as best I can with my, like, I'm trying to monetize my YouTube channel more often. You know, I mean, I get a little bit of money every month through YouTube, but I mean, I would love for it to pay the rent. Yeah. Just the, you're talking about just the, uh, the ads that YouTube runs on top of your stuff. Right. Right. You know, and I do have some AdSense on my website, but the, the YouTube, I, you know, I've been taking some courses on YouTube that I have with Udemy and they have tips on how to, you know, really crank out YouTube well. And then I do sell a couple products here and there online through my website, whether it's an interior kit that I actually have a company that they, they do the kit for me. And then right. all they do is just ship it out and, you know, my name's on it. Um, it's like a signature kit that I use a company called So Fine in, uh, in Colorado. And uh, these kits are only through my site. And I also sell a couple other things that I make here for the bug that people order from me. I still sell some DVDs through Kanaki, but that's been kind of winding down. People are more jumping on YouTube now than wanting a physical product in their hand, you know? So, and then we did, we did, uh, create an app. So I have an Android and a, and a, an Apple app of classic VW bugs that right now is free. So we're trying to generate an audience with that to then eventually make some money there. Do some other things. Okay. Well, yep. he, here's, you've given me enough to go on to where I could almost talk for a little while, but there's a couple little more things I would like to know. And that is, you don't have to share specific numbers if you don't want to, it doesn't matter. But like, where are you guys financially with this as far as like your margins and how profitable it is just to, from a big picture standpoint? Well, it's a six figure income. You know, last year we almost had, well, I'd say 400,000 to 500,000 in sales. And, you know, we probably got, I mean, the, the profit margin is pretty good. It's, it's between 30 and 50% profit margin. Gotcha. You know, the obstacle there is, uh, 
living in New York. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the cost of operating a business here. I mean, thankfully, I, I rent my shop and I rent where I live. But, you know, the, in the future, we're looking to move. So A lot of hours. It is, yeah. It's, you it, know, it, taxes here are crazy. So yeah. it's, it's one of the things we want to do is get out of here. Yeah, so but, um, you've got some a few things stacked against you on, you know, like if all of a sudden your business doubled, you guys couldn't necessarily do it because it's the two of you, right? Still, I mean, how big is your staff? Yeah, it's just me and my pop, and then I do outsource the uh, the motor rebuilds. I do outsource the paint and body, of course. Gotcha. Uh, I have a, I have two shops now that are doing paint and body, but for the most part, when it comes to complete strip down and reassembly, that's that's all us, um, which is it's. It's daunting. I mean, you're figuring at least 250 hours just to assemble a car minimum, you know, per car. Well, okay, here, let's launch into like creative brainstorming mode. And some of these are going to be things you've already thought of, but some of it may trigger something. Okay. Okay. Um, how big is your customer email list? Probably, I don't know, three, 3,500. 3,500. Okay. It's, yeah. it, it should be a lot bigger than that by now. It should be. Yeah. That tells me a couple things. One, we should have checked in with each other about two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I got to have you come to a CES event, by the way. Those are killer. Just, uh, just to hang out with a bunch of people who think like this and they're building successful businesses and uh, have you tell your story a little bit. But okay, email. Th- that's from my vantage point. And now I know, you know, Instagram is going to be huge for you guys, I would think. Are you on Instagram by any chance? I am on Instagram. I, I, I've used it a little bit. I haven't used it as much as I use Facebook and Twitter. I mean, my, yeah. my audience is actually bigger. I have more followers, I think, on Facebook and Twitter right. cool. and YouTube channel than my email list. Yeah, so, right. Uh, the, the best use of those, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of them, you obviously give, give the people the content they want. And I'm going to help you identify what that is in just a moment. Because you, you may think you're hitting it, but you may not be. And we're very easy to figure that out. But- you need to be growing your email list. So every piece of content, I, w- I would call it, you know, people sometimes ask me, what's, what's your definition of quality content, Jim? Like, you know, I'm, I want to create some quality content. I want to do content marketing. How do I know if I'm doing good content marketing? And the answer is you're giving away stuff that your audience would gladly pay for. Yeah. That's quality content. Now there's other stuff that you do that's like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Would they pay for it? So we've got to identify what that is. What would your audience be willing to pay for, but you give it to them? Now, it can't be a physical product that's 50 bucks that you ship and lose. I'm not talking about loss leaders. I'm talking about content, yep. okay? So from a content perspective, um, I, th- I think the Wampler pedal example might come in here uh, a little bit. My, my buddy, Brian Wampler, who sells the guitar pedals, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I haven't looked at your YouTube channel in a while, so maybe you're already doing this, but he really dug in and showed the nitty gritty of here's what we do when we open the case and we get out the soldering tools and we, you know, I mean, he's got content out there where he's really digging in. Are you doing any of that? Yeah. I mean, we, okay. we're, we're do, we've been doing, I have a whole like six part series on installing a headliner and oh, cool. good, you know, good. motor rebuilds. And yeah, you'll uh, get over my, you'll get over my head real quick. On, although I did, I do do some summer work at a, uh, at a mechanic car. Mechanic. So I, so I know more than most guys, but I was working, this is late eighties. I was working on like true carburetors, which is a lot of what you guys are doing too. I imagine some of the older, you know, like absolutely you're actually doing, video, even on that I'm rebuilding a carb and you yeah, know, you're doing tune-ups, man. Who does tune-ups anymore? Well, you guys do, right? <laughs> um, so that's cool stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm thinking the nitty gritty, but the way to find out if your content marketing is hitting, hitting your people right where they want to be, what the information they want is to survey them. When's the last time you surveyed your mailing list and your Facebook audience. Oh God, never. Okay, dude, got to do a survey. Ask, and here, here's some of the best survey tips I'll give you. A lot of people do surveys wrong because they ask yes, no questions. Right. They ask, have a drop down menu where people can select three or four options. Don't do that. Ask two or three, use survey monkey. It's free or drop a few bucks and pay for it. And you get a few more features, but the free version will work just fine. Go to surveymonkey.com, set up a survey. You want to ask three questions maybe four or five tops. So people aren't intimidated by the length of the thing and just ask them very open-ended questions such as how long have you been in our audience? And what do you think of the kind of stuff that we talk about? You know, what else could we be providing to you that you'd find valuable? Just real open-ended questions. If you were in charge of our business for a year, what kind of things would you put into place? See, you're not asking yes or no questions. You're asking very open-ended questions please engage. And then here's the, here's the beauty of what I, of what you do next. 
you scroll through and you may get quite a few answers. You'll probably read all of them, but let's just say you get a ton of responses, which you probably won't. But the ones you want to key in on are the people who spend the most time typing. You know, short answers. Yeah, those are cool. Those are nice. Good info. Good feedback. The people who write three paragraphs, pay attention. They've got, they've, they're engaged. They're interested. They want more. Follow up with them. You okay. know, request the email address because SurveyMonkey is anonymous. You could say as one of your final questions, hey, do you mind if we contact you if we have questions? If so, what's the best way to do that? That's one of your survey questions. And then so the people who leave you really good information, you may find partners. You may find someone who's just like, they are set up to partner with you guys right now. They can start doing restorations for you. You know, they're better at some of this than you guys are. And they're in your audience and you didn't even know it. Right. So you're going to identify those people and you're going to identify some of the other kind of kinds of content they want. So, and the reason I'm so excited about email is because that also allows you to start thinking, what else could we provide our audience that's of value? So the merchandising, for example, um, you know, the mugs and t-shirts and, you know, or um, just what else is out there? They're going to identify that rather than us spend time brainstorming and guessing what else they might want. They're going to tell you. So you can flat out ask them. What right. else do you want? How else could we be of value? And they're going to mention that. Um, and if you've got an active YouTube channel, let's let's hit that for, for example. Here's how you're going to grow your email list. Tell me uh, about your YouTube channel for a minute. I haven't been on there in a while. How how much activity you get and how many followers you have, for example? Uh, I got... I think I got tens of thousands of followers. I got, I think all of my videos combined, I'm over the, maybe the 6 million hit. Uh, um, uh, you know, that's me. huge. It's, it's doing really me. well. Yeah. I just, you need to have someone go back in, hire a virtual assistant to go in and add a simple annotation to your most pop, start with your most popular videos, just yep. sort them by views. Okay. Yep. Go to your most popular, add an annotation that says, Hey, we've got a free newsletter. I'm not sure what you do right now for opt-in. Um, as far as do, email, yeah. Often. At the end of my videos, I always have a, an intro and an end to my videos, and um, you know, with with a little splash of music in there. And then uh, at the end of most of the videos, I do put like a like it says sign up for my newsletter, and you can click that, and it it'll take them to the subscribe page. But um, on YouTube, I don't know if it, it could take me to my take it to their uh, my website. So uh, for now, I just have them, you know, they subscribe to my... Uh... Yeah, subscribing to your channel is awesome. Great instincts there. The return on investment from an email subscriber is substantially higher than any of the other sources across the board. You know, all the experts will tell you the same thing. Some people don't like email marketing as much as they used to, but it's still destroying every other direct marketing strategy on the market. Wow, Okay just destroying it. That's, that's your bread and butter. When I launch a product, sure, I'll mention it on Facebook. Sure, I'll mention it on Twitter. You know, I'll post it around here and there. And then when I'm ready to start making sales, I send them an email. And are you using AWeber? Uh, I have eye contact. Okay. Well, it, it, hopefully, if, hopefully eye contact has this feature. I'm not sure if they do or not. This is one of the things I love about AWeber, though, is I can, I can send a blast out to my whole list. So you'd send an email out to all 3,500, right? Right. And then you'd go back two days later and you'd be able to see who opened and who didn't open your email. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then you can resend to the people who didn't open. Okay. Right? Yeah. When you get a winner. So you want to be doing that, really following up with people. And when I send an email, I'm often inviting, like if there's a really, one of the best things you can put in an email to send to your audience, good, good content that people will always love is send them two or three links to the best Facebook conversations happening in your community. So it's kind of like a self-perpetuating, right? Yes. You're sending people from Facebook into your email list. You're sending people from your email list under your Facebook chat, Right. So okay. you know how to link directly to a good conversation that's happening in Facebook. Yes. Is you click on the date, right? Um, okay. So you get that direct URL. Yep. Okay. So yeah, be sharing those. And that's something a VA could do a virtual assistant. I've got someone actually assigned in our community. They go through and pick out 15 or 20 of the best conversations from the last week in my Facebook properties. And they email blast that out to my list. And people yeah. love it. It's like, oh, wow, I missed a week, but here's the best stuff. And they could jump in and it reinforces those great conversations then that are happening. And, it, and I'm also in like the communities on like I'm in the Vintage Volkswagen Club of America community on Facebook, Rare Vintage Air Club on there. There's a V-Dub Hub community and all these guys, you know, they all, you know, putting in topics and, you know, headlines and we all kind of chit chat back and forth with one another. Um, yeah, beautiful. Well, that, that was actually one of the next things. That's a good segue. One of the other things I wanted to be sure and talk to you about, I talk about gatekeepers all the time, right? And you're kind of one yourself now, but 
what I mean by gatekeeper is basically someone who has the audience that you wish you had. That's what a right. gatekeeper is. Mm-hmm. So if you find creative ways, especially now that you're a gatekeeper yourself, you've got an audience that a lot of people wish they had. Partnering up with other gatekeepers, people who have audiences and followings that complement yours and mm-hmm. even possibly compete with you. Some of my best partners are my direct competitors because we find a space where neither one of us are in yet, but with the combined power of their credibility and mine, we can get into that in a, and there's a lot of synergy there. So I, I would be exploring with the other uh, people who own an audience. And that truly is your biggest asset, just to be clear. Your biggest asset isn't your head knowledge or your current, the customers that you've sold to or your current inventory. Um, your biggest asset is the audience of people that listen when you speak. That's why email is so important, right? Because that allows you guys to transition. At some point, you guys are going to be sick of this car thing. You're going to turn it over to someone else. How do you continue to monetize it, right? right. Yep. The audience, who cares when you speak? It could be a, it could be a podcast, you know? It could exactly. Be, uh, it could be books. It could be, you know, advising other people who want to get into this business, which I think would potentially be a huge niche market for you. Well, here's, here's what I, I went to a barbecue with a friend of mine who, and my friend, Tony Torres, who, who built the backbone of my website, he's MIT kid. And, you know, I went to one of his barbecues at his house in Jersey one day. And of course he had all these other MIT kids there that he graduated with. And, you know, these are all brainiac kids and um, they threw some uh, suggestions my way as well. And uh, which intrigued me, which is one of them is maybe, you know, having courses here at my shop on how to restore the bug. And it could be different topics every month. Um, or from just from reading your book, uh, or listening to your book in the car, I'm saying to myself, you know, I, I could probably set up a whole uh, consulting end uh, to this business, because people ask me all the time, you know, what are good color combinations with this color and that color? What was correct for this year and that year? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that alone, yeah. I said, geez, I can, I could do that all day long. You're nailing yep. it. Okay. It, it's the two steps to massive success. Yep. Step one is the harder step. And that's to actually succeed a little bit yourself. You don't have to be a wild success. The fact that you guys have built a, a healthy six-figure income, doing something you enjoy, that's it. Step one accomplished. Okay. It's unique, unusual, never really seen before. No one else is doing it kind of thing. And you're succeeding. That's step one. Step two, tell the people how you did it. That's where you make your money. Yeah. Right. It's a two-step formula. I've seen it work over and over and over again. So anytime I have a successful student in my community, sometimes I'll even, I'll even push them in that direction because here they are busy working 60, 70 hours a week and, and just, you know, nose to the grindstone and they're, they're, doing well. But my advice is step one, let's systemize this to the greatest degree possible. And step two is let's turn this into a course, which means you got to free up a little bit of your time, but let's turn this into a course. And step one of turning it into a course is to ask your audience, Hey, how can we serve you? What else do you guys want? This goes in your survey now. Hey, if you had the opportunity to come learn from us directly, would you be interested? Yeah. You know, come hang out in our shop for four, four days. And here's the, here's the cool thing. I'll tell you a story. You'll like this. It's another internet marketer that did this. This applies directly to what you guys are doing here. This internet marketer um, wasn't an expert in dating and relationships at all, but he, he knew that that was a big niche. So he went to one of the top selling authors in dating and relationships, just went on Amazon, found the guy and said, Hey, uh, I want to create a course with you. And have a bunch, what, no, he said, I want, here's what he, the first step was, hey, I want to have a bunch of people come in and hear you speak. Would you be willing to do that? And the guy's like, oh, no, I don't like crowds. I don't like to get in front of crowds. Um, I don't want to do that. And, but the other, the other piece I got to fill in here is he, he connected with the author who didn't have an audience, but he had a best-selling book, which is kind of where you guys are at. You don't have a huge audience, but you got a best-selling book. He, and he went over and found another guy who had a big audience of car enthusiasts. I'm talking about like the, the radio, the top radio shows, the top podcasts that talk to car enthusiasts and people who are into restoring cars, right? So you can do this all yourself. But let's get back to the internet marketer. Okay, so this internet marketer, he goes to a best-selling author who, who hasn't done any email marketing. He doesn't have a large mailing list or Facebook or anything. He just has a best-selling book. He says, hey, I could get you in front of a large audience because I know another guy over here who's got a big audience of singles who, you know, they'll attend events on dating and relationships and things. And I'm going to hook these two guys up. Well, the author said, I don't want to speak in front of people. And he thought that had kind of killed the deal until he thought, well, how about if we charge a lot of money and just have people at your house for like a weekend, like $10,000 each, 10 people, that's it. 
And the author agreed. He said, oh, I could do that at my house. I'd be comfortable just a handful of people. So then this internet marketer goes back over to this large list owner in the dating relationships and says, hey, best-selling author X wants to do a retreat at his house. Only 10 people are allowed in. They sold it out instantly, okay, because they went in front of a big audience. He paid that list owner, that gatekeeper who had the audience, a portion of those proceeds, put on the event in his house, filmed the whole thing, which was the magic, filmed it, went back to the big list owner and sold thousands of copies of the video from this exclusive event. You follow? So what you guys would do for you is you find these other big list owners, these other gatekeepers, and you approach them and say, hey, we're talking about holding a conference, you know, small group of a very elite, hands-on, get the tools, get greasy, get into the hood kind of event for four days. We'll feed them. We'll take care of them. We're going to find a good hotel nearby. We, you know, so we'll have conference room type stuff and under the hood type stuff the whole time, like how to get into this business, how to do it right for true enthusiasts. And you, you'll want to make sure there's interest first, which I'm assuming there will be. But you get in front of these car guys and you, you'll be able to get sponsors. Um, no problem. You'll have people that you'll make money from the event before people even show up. Right. Done right. And, the, you know, we can talk more about the details of that, but hopefully you're catching the vision. But you advertise that to this large list. Maybe it's on a podcast or whatever. You pay them a percent of everyone who signs up. Right. Right. So these people come in, you film it. You have some good creative local film crew, just kind of capture all the shots, get plenty of B footage, make it look nice. You guys, I mean, you're a film dude. What am I thinking? You know how to do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you doing this, Chris? You're, you came from s- film school, right? You yep. have such a huge advantage. Okay. So you've got your great video. Now you turn around and sell that. Super cheap. Well, you, set, you launched it at first for several hundred dollars. Then you mark it down and have a sale. And all of those are leads. Everyone who buys that is a lead for your future live events. Right. And you have a VA, a virtual assistant, calling and following up with these folks. What'd you think? Would you be interested in a live event? We're thinking about holding our next one, you know, spring, whatever. Here's the dates. What do you think of uh, joining us? Very low pressure. It's not a uh, it's not a high pressure sales pitch. It's a you know this is what we this is what we have to offer you interested. And the advantage is you, your whole audience is made up of people who are very interested in this inch wide, mile deep niche. So hopefully that's given you some. Some ideas for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the funny thing is, is I think my list, I, I probably got, I mean, these guys that have been around doing this business for 20 or 30 years. And I used to look up to some of these guys. I used to read about them in the magazines and stuff. And now they're calling me saying, asking me, how are you doing it? How are you beating your, your marketing is killer. Your, your, your people keep coming to us asking, you know, who's Chris Valone. And I'm saying to myself, okay, so I can do the course. I could probably launch it myself. Uh, I think I got the audience for that. A lot of these guys, if I did reach out for them, they probably have a list, but not, I don't think they're near my following. I mean, it, we do get about two to three million hits a month to the website. Well, a gatekeeper, oh, you get two or three million hits to your website and your opt-in list at this point, Yeah, your opt-in list should be 150,000 people. Yeah. And that's, that's, yep. And the fact that it's not is the saddest part of our call today. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It's, uh, it's been a slow growth, a little, it's trickle here and there. But, and there's, but there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong. The position you're in right now, you, you have built, what you guys have done is built a foundation and then built an incredibly stronger foundation on top of that and then expanded that foundation even bigger. So yep. now let's put some infrastructure on this thing, right? I mean, you guys have, you guys have gone overkill on the, on the foundation here. You are positioned better than anyone in the industry to do the things that we're talking about here. And, it, and when I say gatekeeper, I'm not talking about the other guys who've been doing this a while. Okay. I'm talking about guys who have the audience. Yeah. It may be someone who doesn't know what they're talking about on YouTube driving around, test driving VW bugs, you know, putting on lipstick in the mirrors or, you know, while she's driving or something. I mean, who knows who that person is that has this audience of people who are so into bugs, they would love to meet you guys, but you just never crossed with their audience. A a gatekeeper has an audience. That's the definition of a gatekeeper. They're not an expert. Experts are a dime a dozen. I can find them anywhere. Yeah. Gatekeeper is what you want to go find. That means that they have the audience that you're looking for, the popular uh, you, know, you know, the popular podcasts that have thousands of, you know, weekly listeners that talk about cars. Yeah. Right. Okay. You guys have the credibility now. You can go get in front of them and say, hey, you know, let's figure something out together here. Let's get it. I call them three-way wins, right? You, you've read the Silent Sales Machine book. I call it three-way wins. Yeah. You win, obviously. They win because they're the gatekeeper. And the audience wins because, oh my gosh, look at this cool new concept I've never been exposed to before. I'm all in. So you get the audience jumping in and you guys are sharing the benefits. 
Yeah. Right. That's good. Those three-way wins are what drives the internet. Hell yeah. That's what drives all of this. Three-way wins. But you don't have time to focus on three-way wins if you're nose to the grindstone, doing all the work yourself, you know, trickling in a few followers here and there. And um, it's all about growing your audience, which is your true asset. The biggest asset you guys will ever have is a list of people who can't wait to hear what you're going to say next. That's your asset. Grow that. That's your nest egg. Right. And the way you grow that fastest is by partnering with other gatekeepers who have a large audience. Good stuff. And these are guys, most of these guys that I do know, they're so they don't even want to get in front of the camera or, you know, I'm the only one that puts myself in front of the camera and puts up a how to on YouTube. And, um, you know, one of my other friends, uh, Eric Shoemaker, 1967beetle.com. Um, he's just like me, the kid. I mean, he went to school for art and is into bugs and now he's selling parts and stuff. He does some how to's, but nothing visual. Everything is just written in text and, you know, he's got an audience as well. Uh, and I, I talk to him all the time. So, I mean, he's definitely the first person on the top of my head that I would say, you know what, probably reach out to him and yeah. You know? Yeah. And he, 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 that guy strikes me as a B level gatekeeper. Okay. Because he doesn't have a big audience from what you just described. Those guys are easy to partner with. There's more yeah. in it for them than there is for you. Right. I'm talking about like they, yeah. the, the number one radio. Like we have a radio show that's on Saturdays here in our area. I guess it's it's in several markets. It's okay. talking cars. You know those kind of. I'm talking about those kind of guys. You've got the okay. credibility to go after your your story is your platform. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You I built see. a car for Jerry Seinfeld. They didn't. Yeah. You've got a story to tell. Okay. So get in, figure out a way that makes them, and, and the secret to working with gatekeepers is you got to get from point A to point B with a gatekeeper in the best way possible. Point A is they've never heard of you. They don't know where you, who you are. Point B is they can't wait to work with you. Yeah. The shortest path from point A to point B is here's how I'm going to make you look like a hero. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So okay. the guest, I'm a car, I'm a car enthusiast radio. I'm the number one car enthusiast radio guy. I'm the Rush Limbaugh of car enthusiasts. I'm like, I got my radio, my radio show, right? And you're trying to get a hold of me. You're going to, you're going to contact him and say, Hey, we're the guys that built a custom car for Jerry Seinfeld. Here's what he had to say. Such an interesting story. We love your show. We can't wait to get on there and entertain your audience with you and possibly talk about doing some stuff together. When are you available for a short phone call? Got it. The guy's thinking, these guys could make me look like a hero. We're going to talk about Seinfeld and his custom blood. That's awesome stuff, man. That's a story I can tell. My cut, my audience will eat that up, right? Yeah. So the shortest, the shortest distance from point A to B is how do I make the gatekeeper look like a hero? Got it. Okay. Give him some interesting content. It's the same way you get report the attention of reporters, right? You've been following Mike Brown with Death Wish Coffee. Do you know that no. story? No, no. Oh my goodness. Uh, I've told it a couple of times. This is mind blowing stuff. Okay. So since this is being recorded for people who haven't heard it, I'm going to tell it for your sake too. So I got a call very similar to the, to the email I got from you guys. And I got an email from this guy who said, Hey Jim, I read your 101 free marketing book. I tried one of the ideas from one of the chapters. It was a very simple concept where I was talking, basically I'm talking about gatekeepers. And I said, you know, you've got to get in front of and get the attention of the people who have the audience you wish you had. Well, he's a guy who's living in his mom's basement about to go out of business with a struggling coffee shop in New York. He does, he's right up there in New York with you guys, but he had his own brand of coffee. He was trying and trying all these internet marketing ideas and strategy. It just wasn't working, wasn't selling. So he read my book. The idea he grabbed onto is the one we've been talking about, gatekeepers. So he contacted all of the biggest bloggers online that he could find and the YouTube guys that he could find that were talking about coffee. And all he did was send them some samples. Hey, let me know what you think. Not all of them responded, but a few of them did and put up blog posts saying, wow, I just tried this new coffee, Death Wish Coffee. It's awesome. I'm loving this stuff. It took off just from those handful of gatekeepers. It took off. Then he was getting calls from NPR and all the morning radio shows, MSNBC, CNN. He was, he was on all of these shows. They were bringing him in and drinking his coffee. And it was such a <laughs> compelling story, like uh-huh. Death Wish story. Why would you name your coffee Death Wish? Well, it's the strongest coffee on the planet. That was kind of his tag. And it was a cool, compelling story, his platform. Wow. Jump forward to right now, today, that was about three years ago. Today, he is, well, I got a call from him. I'll, I'll jump back about five months. I got, a, I got an email from him that said, hey, Jim, I'm a top finalist for a free Super Bowl ad. 
Oh, wow. I said, what? He said, yeah, I entered with 10,000 other businesses. I got down to the final 100, and I didn't want to bother you, but now I'm down to the final 10, and I want to know what I can do to help, you know, social media voting, that kind of thing. He's like, hey, I need some help. I want to win this thing. Okay, so jump forward to today. He's in the final three they've just announced a couple of days ago. And he'll get, if he wins this thing, he's already won tens of thousands of dollars just for being in the top 10 final three. He's on a media tour blitz around the United States. If you look Death Wish Coffee, you can go to Amazon right now and just type in coffee. Any given day, he's top two or three among oh, wow. tens of thousands of other brands that are selling. We've done some incredible marketing stuff there too. That, that, that's, you know, he's just at the top. He's beating Folgers and Maxwell House. I mean, I love imagining room full of, of marketing MBAs at these Folgers and Maxwell House and these coffee companies, you know, and they've got these guys making these, you know, mid six figure salaries just to market. And, and they can't keep up with Death Wish Coffee. He's right. got five or six employees and, you know, he's got his own roaster in this little shop. Right. And this is an international brand. It's going to be worth, if he gets the Super Bowl commercial, it's going to be worth tens of millions of dollars, this brand, right? Um, and we'll know very soon. He's a, one of the top three finalists. We'll know very soon. We helped him with the social media voting. If you ever watched that show, um, um, Ice Road Truckers, have you heard of that show? Yeah, I heard of it, yeah. They're wearing his stuff all the time. They're huge oh, fans wow. of the show. Just like the, the free publicity machine just kicked in, and I stopped being able to take credit for any of this a long time ago. I, mean, <laughs> I gave him the initial idea, but he's just taken, they've just taken it and run with it. Huge right. followings on Instagram and huge uh, email marketing campaigns and things. Uh, but the moral of the story was it all started with contacting some gatekeepers. Right. Not, he didn't contact other coffee enthusiasts. He yeah. contacted coffee enthusiasts with massive audiences, right? gatekeepers, right? Yeah. Those are the guys. Coffee enthusiasts are everywhere. You can go to the local coffee shop and find them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So those aren't the guys you want to work with. But we'll know very soon if he won the free Super Bowl. I mean, literally, it's Quicken is putting it on the, uh, you know, the Intuit, Quicken, the tax accounting guys. They're paying in full for a 30-second spot for the company that wins. And he's a top three finalist at this point. Already getting tons of exposure and interviews and, and their brand has just exploded. The merchandising, mugs and t-shirts and yeah. It's, it's incredible. Just, yeah, pretty incredible. It, but, it, but it's the same thing. But you guys are arguably positioned just as strong, if not more strongly. Now, you guys aren't selling a product that people consume every morning. Right, right. right? But when they do spend money, they spend money. I mean, if a guy's going to go to a car auction and drop some cash and, and maybe think about doing this as a business, I mean, there's a lot of guys, middle-aged dudes that think, ah, oh, man, I'd love to buy up a car and, you know, buy a car and flip it and turn it into something. And, you know, a lot of guys do that. And yeah. they're, they're willing to spend a lot of money. And to fly and hang with you guys for, for a weekend, that would just be a dream come true. Yeah. And I, and I got, what's great too, is I got some, you know, we've met great people through this business. I mean, old V-dub guys that have incredible knowledge that, you know, worked for VW for over 35 years and just encyclopedia of knowledge with the different, with the history of the car and what changes it made and the impact it had on the industry. And sure. you know, these guys alone could be the, you know, the, the guest speakers at, yeah. at, at, you know. They'd be honored to be asked, man. When's the last yep. time they were asked to speak in front of a group, you know, exactly. put, them on, put them on video and you've got that content forever. Yep. I mean, you could, you could build a membership site out of this, you know, monthly recurring membership site where people pay. Right. Um, there's all kinds of ways to monetize this model, but it, the most beautiful product you ever, will ever sell. I already told you what your number one asset is, your audience that can't wait to hear what you have to say next. Yep. The number one product you will ever have is content information. The yep. margins are ridiculous, right? Yep. A book I wrote over the course of a weekend 15 years ago. I mean, it literally took me 15 hours total, maybe start to finish concept to ready to go. Mm -hmm. Now I've updated it since then. The silent sales machine has been updated nine times now, but that's resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars of business for my clients and for myself. And I mean, because it's con content, the margins are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Good stuff. So focus on content, you know, because, uh, you know, that's, that's an asset that doesn't expire. For sure. I mean, and I got the, I mean, the audience sees me every, every week I do a newsletter, every week I do a how-to video mm -hmm. and of something on how to fix this, how to fix that. And it's all free right now. I mean, it's, it's up. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm at the position now where I can put out something to be paid for. And no, no question. And they'll tell you what they want and your, your instincts will be pretty good, but just ask, man, be, yeah. let them, you know, don't let them have the vision for the company. But it certainly doesn't help, or cert I'm sorry, it certainly doesn't hurt to get their input. 
Yeah. And every time I've surveyed my audience, they've surprised me. I think I know exactly who's in my audience and exactly what they want. And when I survey them, I find out, nope, wow, there's a whole huge opportunity laying right under my nose. Mm. I haven't even considered yet. And uh, another thing to, that you can start to do once you um, have some information products out there that are bought and sold is you can get into affiliate marketing, which means your audience is now your, uh, your uh, commission-only marketing staff. Right. Right, which that, that's my best. I'm not the best salesman for my stuff anymore. I stopped being the best salesman for my stuff a long time ago. And I tell businesses this as well when I have clients. I'm like, don't plan on being the best marketer of your own products. If you think you are, you're doing it wrong. Your audience that's thrilled with your stuff, give them the ability to share it. And the ones who are really good, pay them to share it. Yeah. That's affiliate marketing. That's all it is. It's turning your biggest fans into commission-only sales staff. Yep. Simple stuff. So okay. they can they can sell seats to the event. They can sell the recordings yeah. on their they can on their blog. You know they can get on like all oh, these videos. This video set that they put together is just awesome. Right. Um, and they can talk about it on their blog and they get paid a chunk and deliver it deli- digitally. And if you guys yep. do any physical, like a book, you, you this will be like my last tip. We'll wrap this thing up. But this is really good. You guys have enough in you at this point to write a book. Do you have a book yet? I don't know. I got restoration, you know, photo gallery books, but <laughs> if I had, if I had the ability to like lock you guys in a room and say, you can't leave until you do these three things, man, <laughs> that would be on the list. Write a book. You've got incredible pictures. Yeah. You know, the moment you're delivering uh, Seinfeld's book, you know, just these snapshots, the first images from the garage you guys used to post like, Hey, we just, I remember when you guys went from like 2000 square foot to what was it 5,000 or something, whatever it was, you know, you know, those early day images and, and the inspiration behind that, tell your story. That's your platform. Remember? Yep. That's your, get it out there, put it on Amazon. Don't charge a lot of money for it. Use create space, which is owned by Amazon, createspace.com. You just upload your file. Very simple to do. You don't want to go through the nuts and bolts yourself. If you get on upwork.com, you can find someone who does books in their sleep. You just send them a PDF file and you're done. They edit it, put the pictures in where you want them, load it on the create space, load it up onto Kindle for you. You know, you don't want to do that stuff. Just create the book. And then once okay. it's out there and you know, let it, let it uh, make a few sales, let your audience know, and then run a free promotion. Five days free promotion and let the viral media just take over that five days is the most you can do. You can do five day promotion every 90 days, but you will see your book just take off and your book has to be full of at the beginning and the end. Don't make it self-promotional, but calls to action. Hey, get on our mailing list. Yeah. yeah. Right. Here's our YouTube channel. Here's our Facebook group. Yeah. But get on our mailing list. That's how we really want to stay in touch with you, especially for the demographic you guys are in. Now, if you were selling, stuff that were only of interest to 18 to 25 year olds, I wouldn't be hammering on email as hard as I am right now. But in your demographic, you know, middle-aged dudes with some money to spend, email, 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 email. Yeah. In a book, um, it adds that credibility. And when I talked about going from point A to point B with gatekeepers, the shortest possible route from point A to point B is to make them look like a hero. One of the ways to make them look like a hero is to bring on a guy who wrote a book about it. Yeah. Instant credibility. Mm-hmm. You wrote the book. That's something we can talk about. Okay. Right. They love bringing on authors because the authority is implied. It doesn't yeah. even matter what the book is on. Instant authority. You're an author. Yep. So that's got to happen. Emails got to happen. Gatekeeper has got to happen. And writing a book, it's got to happen. And if the world was fair and just, I'd send you a bill because I just give you about $10,000 worth of advice. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just about to ask you, what do I owe you? <laughs> no. Hey, man, if you let me use this recording as content, yep. paid in full. Because remember my definition of quality content. Yeah. It's stuff your audience would gladly pay you for. Yep. If, you, if people are listening to this right now, and I guarantee about 50% of them are thinking, man, I would have paid for that. <laughs> that means I, that means it was good quality content, right? So what am I going to do? I'm going to give it away free. What's going to happen? My audience is going to grow because yep. so, they're going to spread it around. I mean, it's kind of the mindset I have when it comes to my videos, you know, like I put these videos out and then, you know, you Absolutely. got these old, old timers out there that from the old, old crew that are like, Oh, how do you give your information out for free? And you know, how, how could you do that sort of thing? And I'm like, yeah, because it comes back, you know, oh, so much, so many back. ways. It helps yeah. you identify those people who are lined up begging to give you money. Those are the kind of clients you want to work with. Yeah. 
The people who are sitting back with their arms crossed and like, ah, you haven't earned a dime from me yet, buddy. You just keep hitting them over and over and mm-hmm. over again with just incredibly useful content. Yeah. Right? To the point where they're like, all right, if this guy ever asked me for money, I don't care what it is. I'm going to give it to him. I've had people come up to me at events. A guy came up to me. One of my favorites is he said, I've been on your free email list for seven years. I've never paid you a dime. <laughs> he had his checkbook with him. And he's like, I feel like I owe you money. He's like, You've been pro- provided so much value. I've, I like seriously want to write you a check right now. Yeah. What do I, what do I owe you for all of that? You know, he was just emphasizing like, man, I need to pay you. Like, no, dude, seriously, you don't owe me anything. What, here's what I want you to do though, is when you do succeed, give me a killer testimonial. That's one. And I'm going to tell this story so many times because it, because it will plant the thought in people's head. Wow. If Jim's free stuff is that good, imagine how good his paid stuff is. And that's very true. As right. good as my free stuff is, my paid stuff is awesome. Yep. Right. So that'll help me tell that story and paint that visual for people. And hopefully they'll spend some money with me on some of my paid products. Uh, it, it, it makes total sense. I mean, yeah, give free stuff away. Whatever, whatever that line, the, the free line should always be dropping. The free line, if you, you know, you know, the funnel concept, right? Where you've got all your free content at the top and then people willing to spend a few dollars with you. And then you go down the funnel and it gets narrower and narrower. Then you've got those people willing to spend 20 grand to come to a weekend event. Right, right. Right. But they all started with the same free stuff at the top. Yep. Well, that there's a line that you draw in your funnel and that's called the free line. Everything above it's free. Everything below it's paid. That free line is always dropping down the funnel. What that means is the stuff I used to charge a few bucks for, now it's free. And eventually right. the stuff I used to pay charge a few hundred dollars for, now it's free. Mm-hmm. It puts the, it, it reverses the risk, it puts all the risk on me. So my audience knows if I stick around long enough, I'm going to get incredible value from this guy. You plant that thought in their head over and over and over again. If I stick around long enough, I'm going to get all the, but there's always that bait at the end of the funnel. It's like, wow. Okay. I'm ready to just jump forward a couple of years in this whole process. I'm sick of kind of waiting for the free stuff to trickle up to me. I'm going to jump down the funnel and get into the good stuff right now. And those are the customers that just show up with stars in their eyes. You know, <laughs> they want you to autograph the book and they can't wait to give you a $10,000 check because you are the guys that actually started this whole industry, right? You become a mini celebrity to people who are willing to pay you that much money. Everyone else, keep enjoying the free stuff. That's cool. And I think I've hit that tipping point in a way where like I've had, we do an annual full foliage cruise here. Uh, and every year we, we meet at my shop this year, we had 35 cars. We go up to Hudson Valley, see the full foliage. And when we came back to the shop, my mom makes food and everything. She's all Italian and we had wine and everything. I mean, people coming up to me saying, man, you've done so much for the community. I got to pay you. I got to give you money. And you know, yeah. everybody's offering. And yeah. I've gone to shows where people say, can I get a picture with you? Can I sign, can you sign my book? Can you exactly. sign this? Exactly. You know, I knew it without you even telling me. Yeah. yeah. I mean that, but, it, it, but you can monetize that. And I'm not saying monetize it so you get rich. I'm saying have fun serving those clients who you truly provide the most value to. Yeah. Have a blast doing it. You know, some of these people who have paid me $7,500 for a weekend event, they're great people I love hanging out with, but I have no, if I just open it up to the whole world, I don't know who I'm going to end up with. And people are like, oh, why are you charging that much money for that? No, I, I only charge that, you know, that, like that core 1,000 people that I would ever even hit with that offer. Right. Right. I'm not going to hit the masses with, hey, this is my book. By the way, here's how you pay me $7,500 to come to my event. No, take your time. Come down the funnel. Enjoy the free stuff. Get to yeah. know it. See if it resonates. We scare away far more people than we actually push down the funnel. But as those people come down the funnel, eventually what you're left with is people like you talked about. They can't wait to hang out with you. Yeah. They would love to pay for an event and come hang out with some of the, you know, the gods of the industry that have been around forever. And they, you know, they know stuff about the car that no one has even considered and to tell stories. And, you know, that's just a dream come true for them. It's, it's the same thing the NBA does, for example, when they have the fantasy camps. You know, you've got all the rich lawyers and dentists in town going, they'll, they'll put on an NBA jersey for a day and actually scrimmage with the team a little bit at, you know, half speed. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the experience. Like they're willing to pay a ton of money for that. Like, wow, look what I got to do. Look who I got to hang out with. And it's very valuable for them. Well, you know, why deprive them of that if that's the experience they want? It's true. It's tough. Cool, man. Well, what, what's your dad's name? 
Chris as well. Oh, it's a couple of Chris's, man. Cool. Yeah. Junior and senior. Awesome. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Well, does he have any questions after? I mean, did any of this like, you know, go over his head or did I, did I uh, yeah, lose you? you? Go over my head. It went way over my head. <laughs> you guys are speaking a whole nother language to me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that, man. That's but, okay. He'll brief me and uh, run it through. Uh, I'll, I'll pick up on some of it. Yeah. You know, a book that you would read, uh, have Junior, Chris Junior, get you a copy of the 101 free marketing book. That's, it's been out, it came out in 2011, but it's 98% up to speed. Even though it's a technology and marketing book, it's 98%. Uh, it's a much easier way to absorb some of this. You guys are going to find a lot of good ideas in there too. I think your guys' story is even in it, if I remember right. Yeah, you, you, you actually, I think you sent me a copy of it and you signed. Cool. I should. I, I, I should. I, it's good. I did you right, man. Cause you guys were in there. A great story that's in there. Yep, so, yep. so I but have there's, some other, well. there's some other good stuff in there. I mean, you know, we could talk for hours on this stuff, but sure. uh, just some, you know, free, simple things you can do. And I, I tried to make it as low tech as possible, but, uh, yeah. um, it's, you know, for those who aren't necessarily into internet marketing yet. So hopefully that's your dad would find that useful and kick around some of these ideas. But, but I mean, it, Chris senior, I mean, it, you, you get the concept of, inviting your biggest fans in the world to come in and, you know, pay some money and come in and hang out with you guys and you film the event and then you sell that video to your audience. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you don't have to be an internet marketing, uh, you know, guru or nerd or geek, or whatever, you know, to, to get, you know, it's basically giving your audience what they want. Right. It's, it really is that simple. The internet really doesn't change that aspect of business at all. It's just, you can do it on a bigger, faster scale, more economically now. Yeah, he picked up on it a lot quicker than I did. And he always, he keeps saying, you know, I got to work smarter, not harder, you know? And uh, yeah. so yeah. we've been, you know, trying to brainstorm on how to do this and uh, you know. build systems Yep. And, and I, I'll leave you with one last bit, piece of advice too. Typically when I see someone who's nose to the grindstone doing a great job and they just don't have time to automate and build systems, I tell them, go to your audience, which you guys already have. And there's someone there who would be honored. I mean, they would move their family to live near where you guys live to dive into this. And since we're talking about skill-based work here, hopefully this doesn't come across as an insult at all. It's not intended as such, but we're talking about skill-based work here, right? Now, some of it's artistry, but a lot of it's skill, right? So anytime I start talking about skills, I tell the skilled person that idea. I could I could look for for a short period of time on Google and find someone who's better, faster, cheaper, better looking, easier to work with, uh, gets the job done right. You know, it just in every possible way, better than you are at whatever skill it is you have. Now, with you guys, that may be tricky. You've been doing this a while, but at the same time, I bet if we looked, we'd find someone you could pay for a lot of the skill stuff you guys are doing. Because ultimately, outsourcing is is simply this: Are you doing only the stuff that only you can do? Anytime you find yourself doing anything repetitive, you ask yourself: Am I the only person in the world that could be doing this right now? And if your answer is ever no, you need to find someone else in there to pick up that skill. Like for, yep. for my eBay and Amazon shoppers, I'm always saying, don't touch box tape. If you're touching box tape, you're doing a job that the 15-year-old next door should be doing. Right. Right. So my instinct is there's a lot of touching of the box tape in your built into your system that needs to be eliminated. That, you know, some, some of these basic skill positions that could be done by someone else. And you think, oh, that cuts into my profit. No, it doesn't cut into your profit at all. It frees up your most valuable asset, which is your time. So you can pursue some of these massive profits. Right. Right. From the two-step system we talked about. Step one, have a little success yourself. Step two, teach the world how you did it. Step two is where the profit is. Step one, as long as it's paying the bills and breaking even and you guys are having fun, that's cool. Outsource as much as you can of the process without removing yourself from the artistry that you enjoy. Outsource the, you know, the guy using the wrench could be anyone Yeah, that can use a wrench. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Cool. I mean, there's a lot that we think about with that. I mean, we say to ourselves, you know, do we lose quality control? Do we lose, because we have a signature look to our cars and, you know, everything's got, you know, the right finesse and the right yep. touch of the hand, you know? I call it the only, only we can do it the way we do it syndrome. Yep. <laughs> and no one can do it as good as I can syndrome. Everyone yep. who ever starts down the road of outsourcing thinks that. And I tell you, this is true. People who put tape on boxes and ship stuff to eBay say the same thing to me when I start talking this way. 
Oh, they're not going to pack the they're not going to pack the boxes right because oh, if a customer's not like I'm telling you, if you're working as many hours as you're describing me that you are working, I promise you, there's someone better, faster, cheaper, more fun to work with, gets it done, and and this is their job. This is what they have to do a good job. This is how they get paid and feed their family as they show up and they do it right according to the standards you guys have established. Those people are out there; they're in your community. There's a guy somewhere that would move his family right now, work for 40 grand a year for you guys, rebuilding these cars. Are you kidding me? I'll do it right now. Where do I sign up? Those guys are out there, right? Yeah. Put them to work, man. If you got to fire him, if you got to fire him, fire him. If you got to train him, yeah, there's a little training curve there. There's a little, but let someone else in because at some point you don't have the chance. You don't have the choice. It has to happen. Yeah. None of us are immortal. It has to happen. Right. Right. So, take little steps in that direction and then start focusing on the information product side of this business model. You guys will thank me. Man, you guys will be thanking me for this phone call two years from now. If you follow (laughs) what I'm telling you, because you'll be making 10 times more money working half the hours and having probably a lot more fun and your families will appreciate it too, because now you're around, you're not under a hood. Right. Yep. Well, I'm hearing that now from my girlfriend. She, every every so often, she's like, you know, you're never around on the weekends. You know, know, she works a lot. I work a lot. Yeah. you don't have to tell me this story. I mean, that's, that's how family, you know, family requires time. People yeah. are like, oh, quality time, quality time. What you no, time, just time. Be, be there. Exactly, yeah. Be there and be bored. That's fine. But be there, be around, stick around. As I've been doing this call with you guys, you know, I, I see my wife, my kids, I walk by the office, I'll wave, oh, he's on the phone, I'll come back in a minute. That's the only time they don't come in my office is if I got my headset on. Other than that, they're in and out constantly. Yeah. And I only do a few phone calls a week. So it's, it's a total flexible lifestyle. Because I'm in the information product business. We yeah. sell a lot of physical goods too, but it's my team of, you know, it's my mom running a team of eight people near here. You know, they do it. I don't touch box tape. Not because I'm too good for it. I'm not too good for a wrench. I'm not too good to get my hands dirty. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if I'm going to truly serve my audience, I've got to be doing the stuff that only I can do. Yeah. Well, that's good food for thought. Cool. Man, it's great talking to you guys, man. It's, Same I've, here, man. I've been a huge <laughs> I've fan. I've been listening every day with the book. I, I've been listening every day in my car, the book, you know, and I'm like, you know, so you sound exactly the same, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy, you know, it, it, that's why I'd say, uh, you know, telling the truth and just speaking from your heart, you don't have to remember what you said. You know, speak consistent. Exactly. It sounds very consistent when you do it that way. Yep. But man, it's truly a pleasure talking to you guys. Hey, I'm back. What'd you think? Chris Jr. and Sr. are pretty cool guys, aren't they? I hope you get a chance to meet them sometime. I've sure enjoyed working with them, and their business continues to grow. Hey, I wanted to point out a couple things that happened during the show and just uh, clarify some things as we wrap up this episode. Chris mentioned towards the very end of the podcast there, just the last couple minutes, he said that he'd been listening to me in the book. Well, you may be wondering what book he's talking about. That, of course, is the book that this podcast is named after. It's the Silent Sales Machine book, consistently a top seller on Amazon since we dropped it on there in multiple categories. It's top five, top three, number one frequently. It's been updated nine times. The entire community that we serve kind of grew out of that book, and Chris was listening to it because we give you the audio free when you spend a few dollars Right now, it's priced at 5 bucks on Amazon, the Kindle version. We also give you free the audio when you buy it. So if you haven't jumped on Amazon and looked for Silent Sales Machine, or you can go to silentsalesmachine.com and grab it there as well. It'd be worth your time if you like this kind of stuff. That book has grown quite an audience for us around here, and I think you'll find some real useful information in there. Also, I wanted to remind you again, I told you at the beginning of the podcast, but once you heard how cool that story is about Mike Brown, remember the guy with the Super Bowl commercial? If you go to pickmikebrown.com, you can see the details of his story and where he is now. So you can get the latest update. And I can tell you now that this recording has been made that he actually did win the Super Bowl ad. That's right. If you didn't pick up on that from my introduction, he won a Super Bowl ad and he didn't spend a dime on the exposure. And yes, his business is exploding. He's going to be at our next live event. And you can find out more about those kinds of things by getting on our mailing list and staying in the loop with our community. Go to silentgym.com. 
to do all of that, to see show notes, to get on our mailing list, to find out more about our community. And I'll leave you with this final thought. You may know what I'm about to say, but since this is one of our first few episodes, I'm going to keep reminding you because odds are you haven't done this yet, but you really, really need to. Please, if you'd like us to make more podcast episodes, you must set aside a minute of your day. Download iTunes if you don't have it yet on any internet-connected device. Find our show, Silent Sales Machine Radio, in the podcasts and give us a review. If we get enough five-star reviews, we will continue making these shows. If we don't get an adequate number of five-star reviews, we will stop the show because trust me, I am very busy managing multiple businesses, multiple partners, five kids, five dogs, and maximum amount of time possible spent with my beautiful wife. So I'm not just doing this for fun. I'm not doing it to hear my own voice. I'm doing it to make a difference. Let me give you a little quote. We'll end with this. This is something Samuel Adams said once. He said, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen to set brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. I think that's my job in this industry, to set brush fires of freedom everywhere I can because the internet is the great equalizer. I don't care what color you are, how tall or short or thin or overweight or motivated or unmotivated or educated, what grades you got in college. I could care less. The internet's sitting there waiting for you. Do something with it. Be someone online. Record your voice like I am right now. Set brush fires of freedom in the hearts of men. That's what I'm called to do. Hopefully it's working. Hopefully you'll be listening to the next episode of our podcast, and I will talk to you then. This is Jim signing off. Hey, don't forget, silentjim.com. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thanks.